Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. We've got a big update today and I'm not going to waste a lot of your time with it. We're going to go through it pretty quickly and the repercussions that it could have globally. I remember doing a lot of these updates when I was do when I was uh, covering the Ukraine-Russia war in the first days of it all the way to the end of April. That war is now entering its going close to its 6 month. We're half a year into the war between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, the war that Russia pretty much said was going to end in two weeks, and it's now going on six months, and Ukraine is bleeding Russia dry. Obviously, with the help of many NATO countries, if the if the countries in the North Atlantic Treaty Organization would not have been helping, they would not have shipped all the weapons they have to Ukraine, I am almost 100% positive Ukraine would have fallen likely months ago, uh, if not by now. <clears throat> so... Um, I don't have a lot to talk about in terms of Russia and Ukraine. We're if you've been listening to this podcast, you are very familiar with what has been going on with Russia and Ukraine and the global repercussions that it has had. Russia has essentially cut ties with all NATO, NATO countries. There's not a lot of trade between those two countries. And uh, China and Russia got a little bit closer for a minute, but they seem to have not totally solidified that relationship. So there's not necessarily a military alliance going on there. There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of things going on in that arena. So we're not, I'm not going to talk too much about Russia and Ukraine because we're familiar with what's going on there. I also am not going to talk too much about China and Taiwan because we're from, if you've been listening to the podcast, you're familiar with what's going on there also. So those are two major events that are going, the major crises going on right now. Crisis between Russia and Ukraine is Russian, uh, supposed Russian expansionism into Ukraine, uh, Russian annexation of Ukraine, NATO countries trying to assist Ukraine, technically fighting a proxy war against Russia, and uh, that could be a direct that could be a direct vein that leads to an eventual war with Russia and the NATO countries, which I don't think is going to happen, but that is a, an ongoing crisis. And then we've got the China-Taiwan crisis, which is China considers Taiwan part of China. Taiwan considers China part of Taiwan. There's a long drawn out story to go on to, to uh, talk about there, but listen to my last uh, great global fourth great global crisis episode to get an to get an idea of what's essentially going on between China and Taiwan, but uh, China wants to attack Taiwan, invade Taiwan, make Taiwan part of mainland China by uh, military force, and the United States has pledged uh, pledged aid off and on to Taiwan over the years. The United States technically declared Taiwan one of its allies back in the 90s. They made a statement that they would militarily defend Taiwan. Now, recently, as recently as two months ago, President Biden has said that he will, def he has every intention to militarily defend Taiwan if China were to invade, which would mean a direct war between China and the United States if China were to invade Taiwan. But the White House has gone back and said, actually, uh, we don't actually have any intention of Military, militarily defending Taiwan. Now, the President of the United States has the jurisdiction to declare war. It, he does not need the approval of Congress to do that. And so if President Biden said one thing, but other White House representatives said another thing, it really is up to Biden in the end if we're going to go to war with China in the event that China invades Taiwan. Anyway, I didn't mean to go into that very much, but that's what's going on between China and Taiwan right now. So we've got these two crises. We've got the proxy war between Ukraine, the, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, and Russia, and we've got the possible invasion of Taiwan by China. Now, about a week ago, I was a little over the week ago, well, a week ago, I was fully, completely sure that China was about to invade Taiwan. I really thought it was going to happen. They were conducting live fire drills all around the sea, uh, all around the South China Sea, and 
in every corner of Taiwan in the sea, they were conducting live fire drills. They were firing real missiles. They were shooting live guns. They were doing all kinds of stuff that basically said, yes, this, we are about to invade Taiwan. Taiwan activated its military. Everything was mobilized. They were prepared to go to war with each other. And nothing has happened. I am surprised that nothing has happened. What China was doing was mirroring what Russia did immediately preceding the invasion of Ukraine. And it, nothing has happened yet. Now, something might still happen, but I don't know. Um, maybe not. Maybe nothing will happen. But that is an ongoing crisis. Now, we've got a couple of other things happening. There are two countries that are... Well, Serbia is in the midst of domestic turmoil. Uh, Kosovo and Serbia had police clashes on the border. I think those have settled down. I don't think that's going to erupt into an actual real life all out war between Kosovo and Serbia. Uh, but if it were to go into all out war, NATO has said that it will defend Kosovo and, uh, which means it will bomb Serbia because Serbia is not part of NATO and Kosovo would consider that an act of aggression, which means NATO would attack Serbia and Russia is very close with Serbia, which means Russia could, if Serbia was to say that this is an attack on our sovereignty, Russia could consider that just, uh, just justification for attacking NATO countries, leading to World War III. Um, now we've got something else that just started in the last 24 hours, and that something else that has started is Turkey has sent troops into and crossed Syrian borders into Syria to attack Kurdish positions. If you're not familiar with the Turkish-Kurdish conflict, um, Turkey is an extremely ultranationalist nation, and they believe themselves to be ethnically Turk. They are ultra-ethno-nationalist, which means that their ethnicity is a strong and defining factor in their national in their national identity to be turk is to be extremely important powerful ethnically superior they they i don't I, I don't know if i'd consider themselves to be like ethnic supremacists but turks are very very you know proud of being turkish um now, in southeast Turkey, there is a large Kurdish population, an ethnically Kurdish population. Now, in northeastern Syria, there's also an ethnic Kurdish population. And the Kurdish population blends between southeastern Turkey and northeastern Syria. And they, for many years, I mean, for 50 years, they have been fighting for an independent Kurdish country because they say, well, we're not Turkish and we're not Syrian. We're not a Syrian but we consider ourselves to be ethnically Turkish. We govern ourselves independently of the Turkish and Syrian governments, which has caused some problems between the Turkish government and the Kurdish people and the Syrian government and the Kurdish people. Um, but Syria has been embroiled in a civil war for over 10 years. And so they didn't have the, uh, they didn't have the firepower. They didn't have the, the solid footing. They didn't have the means to be able to fight the Kurds and say, no, you are under the thumb of the Syrian government because no one was really totally sure who the Syrian government was for a while. Um, but there is that Kurdish population there and the Kurdish population do not consider them, themselves to be Turk. 
And so they've been a thorn in the side of the Turks for a long time because the Turks are, they want to consolidate power in Turkey. And eventually their goal is to become a superpower, which in the next 50 years may happen because Turkey is rapidly industrializing. They have a very, very strong military for, for their size and their population. Uh, so essentially in the last 24 hours, the Turks began carrying out missile, missile strikes. They began moving troops into Kurdish areas and, uh, conducting a military operation against the Kurdish populations to subjugate them under Turkish rule. Now, the problem here is that they, they actually moved into Syrian territory. They crossed the Turkish Syrian border into Syria and they're conducting military operations against the Kurdish population inside Syria. Now, this situation is super complicated because they just moved Turkish troops across the Syrian border into Syria and are shooting people. And I mean, if the Mexican government were to send troops into the United States and start shooting people because they said they were an ethnic problem in Mexico, the United States would probably consider that an act of war because the people living in that territory were living in American borders and they so they were attacking Americans. That's an act of war and the United States would retaliate. The problem is that the Kurdish people have already technically declared the Republic of Kurdistan to be a real place, and it crosses the borders of Turkey and Syria, and they govern themselves autonomously of the Syrian government. So, technically, they're saying that they are not Syrian citizens, they are Kurdish citizens. And so the, Kurd so the Syrian government, when they see Turkish troops pouring across their border, they're like, okay, well, if you're not shooting Syrian citizens, then we don't have any problem with this. However, the Syrian government has said straight up in the last 24 hours, if any Syrian, if any Syrian citizens or uh, the Syrian military are attacked, they are fully prepared to retaliate against the Turks. The Turks have expressly stated they are only attacking Kurdish positions. They're not attacking Syrian positions. But there could be an accident or the, or the Turks could actually have a different motive here. So why, why should we care about this? Why is this a problem? Well, first of all, Turkey is part of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. They're part of NATO, the same organization that technically has been an instigator, not an instigator, but has been a large part of the war between Russia and Ukraine, which is bleeding Russia dry and which is bleeding a lot of other nations dry also. Now, Turkey's always kind of been a little bit like the wild child of NATO. Uh, they are very unfriendly to Greece, and there's been moments where Turkey and Greece could have gone to war with each other. Turkey and Greece are both part of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. If they were to go to war, that would make things really complicated for NATO. Uh, and, but Syria is not part of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. But the Syrian government has, been, has very close ties to Russia. Technically... Um, Russia is Syria's the Syrian government's ally. The the Syrian government who is in technically in control of Syria even during this whole civil war, uh, Russia has very vocally said this is the rightful government of Syria and we support this government. Russia has flown a lot of bombing raids across Syria to the enemies of the Syrian government uh, that are waging the civil war and they have supplied the Syrian government and the Syrian military with all kinds of crazy weapons throughout this entire civil war. Now the other uh, the other nation who supports Syria is Iran. Iran and Russia are also very close. They've been sending each other weapons. They've been making a lot of deals. And um, so these two nations are allied with Syria. If the government of Syria decides that, you, that Turkey is overstepping its bounds and they decide to retaliate and attack Turkey, Turkey could say 
because they attacked an autonomous zone, that's Kurdistan, they didn't attack Syria, Turkey could technically say this is an act of aggression against Turkey. Even though they are the aggressors in this situation, they could plead the case that it is an act of aggression against Turkey. And therefore, by the NATO charter, uh, the NATO countries would then be inclined to declare war on Syria. And if the United and the NATO were to declare war on Syria, Russia and Iran would consider that an act of war against an ally and therefore would be inclined to declare war on the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Iran is has also been developing ties to China and Iran could go to China for help in uh, attacking the North Atlantic Treaty Organization countries. China already has a bone to pick with the United States. There, there are videos of Chinese citizens already saying that, yeah, we're prepared to go to war with the United States. Um, Chinese police officers saying, hey, don't, don't like saying to Chinese citizens, like protesting, saying, don't you know we're about to go to war with the United States? Like we need to be united. China's already fully indoctrinated most of its people into preparing for a war with the United States. So if Iran were to say, hey, China, we need your help in this situation, China could then use that as justification for invading Taiwan, shutting down the South China Sea, shutting off all the trade routes in that arena, and then declaring war on the United States. So then we've got Russia, Syria, Iran, and China against the North Atlantic, the 30, the, the 30 North Atlantic Treaty Organization countries. So this is a hot spot right now. It's very, another problem could be if Turkey says, hey, Syria just committed an act of aggression against the against Turkey, we need you guys' help in fighting Syria. Technically, Turkey is the aggressor. They're the ones who put troops on Syrian soil first. So there could then be a fracture between the North Atlantic Treaty Organization countries. Half the countries could say, yeah, this is an act of aggression against Turkey. We're going we're gonna to send troops to help. Half of the countries could say, actually, Turkey was the aggressor. We're not sending troops because this is, this is too messy for us. We don't want to embroil ourselves in World War III. That could create a fracture in the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, making it easier for a country like China or a country like Russia to attack certain countries who did consider it an act of aggression. And then the other countries who said, no, that wasn't an act of aggression, we're not invading, would then be forced to choose. Do we get ourselves into World War III, or do we let these countries who sent troops into Syria get into that war first without us, and then technically dissolve the North Atlantic Treaty Organization? Obviously, this is all very messy, and this is a very fluid situation. I've had a lot of friends ask me what I think is going to happen. Um... I do not think we are heading toward World War III, but I do think it's important to be informed because I do believe that we are about to see a great global shakeup. I think the politics of the world are about to be turned on their head. I think a lot of alliances are about to be called into question. I think the Chinese government, I think the Chinese economy is about to collapse entirely, and maybe I'll do another episode on that. I do think the Chinese economy is about to collapse, which will lead to a lot of internal unrest inside China, which I think is one of the reasons they're doing all this United States is bad propaganda and we're about to go to war with the United States because they need to unify their people behind a single cause because their economy is about to collapse. And what better way to bring a, an unhappy populace back to a united front is to bring in an external enemy or an imagined external enemy. That's what I think is going to happen. I, I, I don't think that we're heading toward World War III because I think that cooler heads are about to prevail. We have been through more than 10 global crises since the end of World War II, which have almost, which, which have brought us to the brink of nuclear annihilation. I mean, the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Berlin, uh, the Berlin, Berlin Crisis of 1961 or 63, I can't remember exactly. Um, 
the missile crisis in 1983 where we where literally there was a russian finger on a trigger of a nuclear weapon and cooler heads said actually you know what never mind let's not do this um in every situation where we've been brought to the brink of world war three even trump bombing syria just a few years ago that brought us that was brinksmanship that brought us very close to war cooler heads have always prevailed so I don't think we're going to go to war. I don't think I'm going to get sent off to Russia or Ukraine or Syria or China, the South China Sea. I don't think I'm going to get drafted to go fight in a war there. I genuinely do not believe that. What I do think is that we're about to see politics completely shaken in a way that we've not seen them in our lifetime. I think countries may dissolve. I think countries may fracture. I think we're going to have revolutions around the globe, maybe even in the United States. Maybe in Russia, maybe in China, maybe another, maybe like a bunch more rebel groups will spring up in Syria and decide to, out, to oust the government there. Maybe, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I do think politics are about to be completely shaken. So people ask me, okay, what do I do? I'm scared. It's okay to be afraid because this is a lot. What's important now is to, like I said in my last great global crisis episode, Take up hobbies that you've been wanting to take up. Make dates with friends and family that you care deeply for. Do things that make you happy with people that make you happy. Because we're all going to be okay. Or most of us are going to be okay. It's going to be easier to weather this storm when we're doing things that make us happy. So make sure that you do that. That's all I'm going to say for today. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Remember, if you enjoy the podcast, head over, to, head over to Apple Podcasts. Drop me a five-star review or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Drop me a five-star review. Let me know that you're enjoying what you're hearing. It means a lot. It gets more people involved with the conversation. And it gives me the encouragement to keep putting out these episodes. Let me know that people are enjoying what they're hearing. I'll be back in probably a few days to talk a little bit more about what's going on in the world. I also am going to finish up my last Conflict of Nations episode, and I'm going to create a super episode, blending, taking, putting all these episodes together. So if anybody really wants to uh, listen to all those episodes together, if you are ambitious enough to do that, if, if you have a long work day and you want to listen to all of them together, you will be able to do that. That is my promise to you. Thanks again for listening. Tell your friends about the show. Keep people updated. Stay happy. Keep smiling. I'm going to go make myself some dinner. Catch y'all on the next one.